0: All right, so here we go. Um, So as we begin to consider this together, I wanted us to think about a couple of other terms, or, you know, this is a phrase calling on the name of the Lord, but, um, you know, there's other terms, uh, other things that we think about in relationship to salvation, you know, this idea of being saved, and one of those words or terms that we see as we study more, we find in Scripture that the term belief or unbelief, those are somewhat, you can just about substitute those, those are, those are used in, um, they're just swapped out with this idea of obedient or disobedient. And when we think about the idea of um, faith or faithful or unfaithful, you know, what is a term that we would interchange with that, but obedience or disobedience, right? So when we start thinking about some of these terms that um, deal with this idea of uh, salvation, you know if you believe on me, uh, was that you know what, what would folks in the world say? What would we say? If you believe on him, you're saved, right? That's that's what we would say, and that's what the world would say. But is there, you know, some confusion that comes up in taking these terms and just saying, okay, well, that's it, right? Understanding that collectively uh, there's a good bit going on. Uh, Evan and I at one time had worked on a little kind of a, a spreadsheet, a box, you know, and you. Put the verse over here and the action over here, and you run across the box. And what what does the verse say about salvation, sanctification, uh, cleansing, purification? What it, you know, all of these verses. So, what verses can you take out? You know, what actions can you remove? Um, and like I say, I want to get us in the mindset of thinking with regard to this idea of obedience and. What all goes into that and how the different aspects of that play into these different things that we see when uh, referencing this idea of being saved. Of course, the verse that's up there is Romans 10, 13. For whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, what do we find in a search of the New Testament? What's in there? So, 1 Corinthians 1, 2, To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. And then you see, you know, in this particular verse, saints by calling and also the part, who in every place call on the name of the Lord or our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 13, the one we just referenced, for whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Acts 22, 16, Now why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on His name. Acts 9, 14, And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Uh, Given reference to Paul in identifying those that would be called, Christians would be those that called on Jesus' name. Acts 2.21, And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that was, you know, our Acts 2 reference from our study. Um, 2 Timothy 2.22 Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the name of the Lord from a pure heart. And think about that. That's from a pure heart. That's a condition added to to that particular verse. Y'all see that? Alright, right, First Peter 1, And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. This idea of calling on the Father. So, let's see what else we find. Alright, the calling, your calling, heavenly calling, holy calling, this calling, high calling, his calling, same calling, and calling of God. And when you look at that, I want you all to think in terms of, um, oh, so-and-so is called to be a whatever, or his calling is what? Like, uh, we would say sometimes his vocation, well, his calling is to be a plumber. Or his calling is to be whatever, right? You know, that's you're identified in that way. That's your job. Uh, you know, this idea of your calling, and, and y'all hear folks reference that in the religious world, and you and you're like, oh, wait a minute. But you know, try to understand uh, that that is part of this definition, and. When they were stoning Stephen, he was calling upon God. You know, so that's, a, that's an action. That's not an identifier necessarily. That's something he was doing. And it was said he was calling upon God. All right. So you look at the word definition. When you look it up in vines, you're going to find 13 Greek verb uses or terms, a noun and an adjective form. For the three words call, called, and calling. The general sense of it uh, is generally used within the phrase that we're analyzing today. Like this idea of those particular uses where it's found uh, used in that phrase. Like calling on the Lord. um, Seem to have to do with an inviting or an invitation or with a surname Or vocation. And so when you add this idea in, this idea of a surname, um, and this is kind of an old-fashioned idea, I guess, at this point in time. There'll be probably some younger people in here that aren't even familiar with this uh, term or use of this. But used to be, before you'd leave your house to go do whatever with a bunch of other teenagers, remember who you are you know, the implication was for the, I'm getting a few blank looks. (laughs) The implication was is, you know, you know, you're a Johnson or whatever and the Johnsons around here are known to not be cut-ups or they're known, you know, the Johnsons have good credit in the community or the Johnsons are good folks and you're Johnson and when you leave here, you act like a Johnson. So I see some folks know, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, you know, this idea of, you know, if you're calling or called to be a Christian, how would that relate? Uh, if you're identified, if you're called by his name, right, a Christian, what, what, what goes with that? What's the expectation? Um, what's that mean? Um... Specific to some of the verses that were cited that we read was this idea to call upon by way of or this idea of making use of the name of the Lord. So think about kind of what that means and how that relates to what I was just saying, right? So you're, you're making use of the name of the Lord supposedly, right? When you go out, you're identifying as one of His you're seen as one of His. You're making use of His name. Okay? So, you know, so what's the problem? You know, it comes up, so what's, what's the problem? What, you know, what's the struggle? What, what are we struggling with when we have this conversation sometimes? So go back to Romans 10, 13, which was our lead-in. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? And then we read uh, Matthew seven, twenty one, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven. And we're looking at that, and you know, of course, I'm hoping everybody in here understands that that's not a contradiction. Right? This has to do with our understanding of what the term and the phrase means. And what it is uh, that we're supposed to do with it? How we're supposed to process this? What it what it really means, right? So this idea in Matthew seven twenty one, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, you know, we see in the context of that that we're talking about folks that had the assumption uh, that they were doing good works in God's name, in the Lord's name by his authority even. But he's saying that not everyone that does that, not not everybody that makes that claim of doing things his way is really doing things his way. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, that's, that's who's going, right? That's what that says. But Romans 10, 13 says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, obviously, we're not talking about, in Romans 10, 13, just somebody who runs around making a claim, right? That would be the distinction between these two things. You you can't just go make the claim and not do things according to his will. And it seems kind of simple, you know, but evidently it's not that simple, Um, there's this idea in in Scripture, you know, of this idea of vain repetition as the heathens do, you know, basically repeating chants, you know, repeating phrases, repeating things, you know. um, Just saying it doesn't make it so. Y'all familiar with that term, right? You just saying it doesn't make it so. It's basically... Uh, The same thing that we find when we start talking about faith and belief. Which I think is pretty interesting. So, in Joel, you know, the the reference from Joel that's quoted in Acts chapter 2 says, Call on the name of the Lord, and they'll be saved. On a little bit further in the same chapter, what does Peter say it takes to be saved? He tells the folks there, repent and be baptized. So, is that something different? You know, I I think we would have to conclude that it's not. That just like this idea of belief, you know, belief and unbelief. If you believe, you Obey, right? You, if you believe that he is who he said he is, you're going to do what he says. So, I, you know, I think sometimes what we could con- con- conclude is that we might be focusing on the wrong part of the phrase as we go through this. Um Colossians 3.17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So doing all you do in his name, it would carry with it the implication that you're doing these things by his authority. Um, and I guess the way to relate to that, if we were trying to talk to somebody in in a secular setting about these kind of things that maybe. Didn't understand this idea of authority as we were talking about it in the scriptures. You're trying to relate it to something today. You know, you put on a uniform, you know, you're uh, in the army. You put on a uniform and you go do something. Do you go do it by your own authority? You do it in the name of the U.S. Army, right? Right? You're strapped on, folks say, oh, he's an army soldier. He's got an army uniform on. He's doing army stuff, right? They know who you are. They know what you're about, and they know (laughs) you're not doing necessarily, you're not roaming around doing what you want to do, right? You're doing what they want you to do. So this concept of whatever you do in word or deed, in other words, everything that you say and everything that you do your actions and your words are going to be a reflection, or under the authority of, or in the name of the Lord Jesus, right? Um, and I, I think as we think about, um, you know, calling on the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, is might be the f- part of the phrase that. Um, we should give a little more emphasis to 1 Corinthians 6 such were some of you but you were washed but you were sanctified but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God so washed sanctified justified any of that sound like saved or related at all to that idea and it's and it says, just in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Matthew 28 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So baptized in that name. Acts eight, twelve. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. So even our gratitude would be expressed in that way. So think about this. Uh, When we pray... How are we supposed to do it? What are we supposed to do, right? We do it in his name, in the name of Jesus Christ, right? That's how we pray. And what does that mean? Uh, Would that mean inside his will? Do you pray for things and ask for things that are outside of his will with an expectation of getting those things? Not according to your will, but according to my will, I'd like to have this, right? No, that's not how we do that, right? And we understand that, that it's according to his will, inside his will, inside and by his authority that we appeal to him. If we're calling on his name, how are we supposed to do that? And like I say, it's pretty simple. It would be in his will or by his authority. How would you call on his name? Would you do it in your own way? Are we saved by running around saying, Lord, Lord? And I think that's what we read in Matthew 7. It's not this idea of saying his name. And we have this idea of a confession that he is who he says he is. That's as being a part of what we do, right? And we, we know what the consequences of not doing that are, right? So that is a part of what we do, that we would confess that he is who he says he is. Um, But is that the end all? Is that the sum of our part in responding to the invitation that he gives? Is there a verse that tells us that Uh, A prayer inviting Jesus into our hearts saves us. And who exactly does the inviting when we read the scriptures? Is it us? If I'm going to be calling uh, his name and be called by his name, is there any verse that I can find that gives some clarity to that? This is one I found. Second Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are His and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Now so, um, He knows, right? But everyone who names the name of the Lord and there's an action there's an action attached to that a set a decision and and where is wickedness defined and who defines it it's telling us we're not going to be involved in those things we read in the Corinthian letter a little earlier about you you used to be these people and we know who the Corinthians used to be they used to be just about as bad as us right they were bad alright they used to do these things well Uh, supposedly you don't do those things anymore. And that's part of this right here. This seal of God is based on some decisions that you're going to make about your activity. So that's a short lesson. That's kind of the end of the lesson for this morning. Um, This has been a lesson where we have talked a little bit about Um, what it is that we need to do to be saved Uh, when we're reading Acts chapter 2. That's a lot about what we talk about. We're continuing that lesson again this coming Wednesday. Um, This is part of that subject. So, you know, we see these things that are our part. You know, this idea, we talked a little bit about the idea of To believe, well, to believe is going to spur you to do what? You know, if you actually believe, then are you going to be obedient, right? Uh, And that's what it looks like. You're going to do those things that um, take you to this point of faithfulness, right? You're going to repent, you're going to confess, you're going to be baptized, and this idea of confession, uh, I'm not trying to exclude that when I'm talking about this idea of calling, being obedience, and not necessarily just saying Lord, Lord, or appealing to that name. But uh, this idea of faithfulness, uh, I think, and this idea of belief are more tied to this idea of the, you know, this idea of concept or phrase of calling on the name of the Lord. You know, that's the appeal, the appeal to his will, the appeal to his authority. If you're going to be called by him, it's, it becomes your, now your vocation. It becomes in your surname, right? You're adopting those things, and you're being adopted into his family, right? So if you find yourself subject to the invitation, uh, if you would, please uh, turn to uh, number 294. And please uh, come forward as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.